0: Well, praise God. Could we all stand? I'm excited for all these things that are coming up, the new season that we have, and all the things that God wants to do. If we could turn to Genesis chapter 1, we're going to read about what happened in the beginning. Did you know that humankind was whole in the beginning? I know we see a lot of problems today, but everything was perfect. The people were Perfect. There was no problem. Everything was right. God made it and it was good. But we're at a point where we need restoration. So let's read Genesis 1:27 through 31. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them. And said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. I have, subdue it, I've given dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Then God saw everything he had made, and indeed it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Lord, I pray that your word would come into our hearts, that we would be in alignment with you. I pray that we would be prepared for your word to do a perfect work in this house. I pray that you would speak through me and that your anointed word would touch us today. I pray that we would all be in alignment with you in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, you may be seated. Yes, we, we had a perfect world. At one time, what we see in the beginning is a very good work done by a perfect God. He made everything the way it should be. The fish, the birds, and man were thriving from the get-go. Man was the climax, the pinnacle. You know, he ramped up and then created man. And it was amazing. Can you believe it? Adam and Eve were the first people, and they were perfect, sinless, innocent, with a great relationship with God. That's not where the story ends though because we are here today. In Genesis 1:7 it said, "But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die." So God gave all these things for Adam and Eve to be sustained. Beautiful things, a garden, a paradise with one rule, and that was for the sake of giving them a choice. He warned them and gave them one command. He said, if you're going to eat of this tree, you're going to die. So stay away from it. And everything else, it's all yours. But Satan came along, another creation of God that was beautiful, but he also had a choice. And he chose to go against God. And he decided to trick Adam and Eve. He wanted to get against God because, you know, Satan challenged God's authority. He said, I don't want you to be God. I think I, think I can... I can can be the one in charge. But the moment that pride rose up in Satan, God said, you're done. You are no longer in the role that you're at. Um, But again, he's God's creation, and God had a purpose even despite the decisions that Satan made. Same with us. Eve was tricked by Satan, and Adam also chose to eat, eat the fruit with Eve. So this sin brought a curse on Satan, and it brought a curse on the ground. Now Adam and Eve were subject to pain, sorrow, hard labor, because they disobeyed God. So the perfect world was broken in need of restoration. So without restoration, what is there? All of creation was doomed to an eternal state of condemnation. That's where we are if we don't have restoration. We have, our eternity is doomed to being condemned because of what happened. But that's not where it ends. Genesis three twenty two through 23. So this is another couple chapters later. Then the Lord's, Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us to know good and evil. And now lest he put his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord sent him out of the garden to till the ground from which he was taken. So this this eternal state of condemnation, God said, is not going to stay like this forever. You can't come and take this tree of life and live forever until I come and restore everything. So the day we took our first breath in this life. There was sin. There was somebody displeasing God while we were being delivered. And we recognize early in life that not everything is as it should be. We need restoration. Have you ever owned something that needed restoration? So we bought a a kitchen table for our house at a discount price, and it needed a little work. It had... Some water damage, some curling up of edges, and some of the structure underneath was falling apart. So we had to flip it upside down, get out some tools. We had to put some pretty big bolts in to secure the base. We got some wood glue and some clamps. Uh, It took some time for the glue to dry, and then got the, the base of that table in good order. Flipped it back upside right and tried to use it for a bit, but it was still had some curled edges and got in the way. So we, we had some more restoration to do. We had to sand away some of the surface. We had to put some screws in underneath to kind of pull, up, pull down that warped edge. We um, had to get out some stain. After we did some sanding and got it in, in good order for uh, functionality, it still needed some sanding in those places. We added some stain, put a layer of finish on there, did some more sanding, some more finish, some more sanding, some more finish, and then it was in good shape. It was restored. It was able to be used, and we, we sat around it and filled it with food and, and fun as a family. But the table was only restored in the hands of a carpenter or a worker. Sometimes we might feel like that dining room table. Sometimes we might feel damaged, and abused, or neglected. Sometimes we feel worthless. And it might not have been anything we had done, but we were born into a family that put stuff on us that weren't supposed to be on us. So the good news is that your Creator also wants to restore you. And it's going to be a process. He's going to have to get out some tools. He's going to have to take some time and do a few things to get us back to where He wants us to be. He might have to remove parts of us. We had to get rid of the the finish and the stain and some wood to the table before we could restore it. He might require us to change our ways to match God's ways. But the finished product will be well worth it. It's going to be worth it. Being able to sit around that table is like, okay, I'm glad I spent the time on this. God is going to say, okay, These children that I've made, they've went through some things, but they let me work on them. And now, it's awesome. I can be close to them. What a relationship restored. Trust him, he is a masterful restorer. The alternative to restoration is deterioration. And it really is up to us. We can only be restored when we completely let go and let God. When we remain in control... It doesn't turn out so well. Those who will be with God in eternity are those who let God restore them. You've probably heard the saying, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Oh yeah, and then one smart Alex said, but you can put salt in his oats. <laughs> so you still can't make him drink. So sometimes guiding up children, for example, you can't make them do something, but you can influence them, and you can lead them to where they should be and do a couple things that can guide them to the right decisions. And God does that. He is he's patient with us, and he wants to work with us and bring us to that place of restoration. So that statement I made, those who will be with God in eternity are those who will let God restore them. Let's read about that in 1 Peter 5.10. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm and steadfast. So he's called us to eternal glory. And he has allowed a little bit of suffering. There's part of a process we've got to go through because of the fall of man, because of sin that has come into the world. There's a little bit of suffering that we can choose. He's given us a choice ever since the beginning, but it's so worth a little bit of suffering for an eternal glory in Christ. He'll restore you, make you strong, firm, steadfast. It's worth it. Let's trust in God for the restoration process because during this time in life that we trust Him, He's going to work on us. He's we're going to make some mistakes and we're going to say, oh God, I did this wrong. What do I, how do I handle it next time? And he'll show us in his word. He'll guide us. And he'll say, I'm going to restore you and I'm going to fix you until you are what you're supposed to be. And then you will last in that state for eternity with me forever. It's so worth it. So worth it. Part of being restored is looking to God and praying for him to do it. When we invite him in, he will come and restore. Here's a couple of scriptures in Psalms that we can pray for restoration. One is Psalm 80, verse 7. It says, restore us, God Almighty. Make your face shine on us that we may be saved. So he recognizes, this is, this is David, he recognizes I need to be saved. And the only way is I need to ask God Almighty because he has the power To restore me. When his face shines on me, then we're getting somewhere. I can't do it on my own. The restoration comes from the restorer, not from the item being restored. Psalm 85.4 also says, Restore us again, God our Savior, and put away your displeasure towards us. There's times we get into trouble and we displease God. All of us has. In Romans, it talks about all have fallen short of the glory of God. There's no one who is in perfect relationship with him. We all fall short. So we need him to restore us. So we started off reading in Genesis that we no longer had access to that tree of life because of disobedience to God. Adam experienced that fall, which was a deterioration. It was separation from mankind and God, but Jesus came to bring restoration, and it was because of his sacrifice that humanity has access to God again. You remember when the veil was torn, we now can come in through the temple through praise and through the word and through letting God cleanse us and and our prayers with the Lord and allowing him to be the light and our bread, and as we grow closer to him, he opens that veil and allows us to actually experience the manifestation of his presence. So Jesus, he, he broke that barrier that we had to God. And it was, ever, it was there ever since Adam made those decisions. And no one has made perfect decisions except for Jesus. He was the only one who was tempted in all areas yet without sin. He was the only one who is worthy of eternal life. And yet he took that body and it was put on a cross. And the sin that he carried to that cross was sacrificed for us so that we could have that restoration. Thank you, God, for that. Yes, that tree of life that we, we have never been able to touch it since the beginning. It was made for us to be with God in eternity with a perfect covering of his presence. We needed nothing more in the beginning than the covering of God's presence. But that tree that we weren't supposed to touch, that was a problem. And it, touching the wrong tree made it so that we couldn't touch the tree that God intended for us forever. The amazing thing is, the Bible talks about that tree again. At the end of Scripture... We read about it in the beginning where we lost privileges to the tree of life. But at the end in Revelation 2.7, we're going to read how we're going to have access to that again if we allow God to restore us all the way. Revelation 2.7 says, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. We need to overcome. This state that we're in, God says, you can overcome it, and then you're going to get access back. He gave us all the tools we need to be restored, and we can overcome. We just got to let him do the work. We got to walk while he fixes things. And while we're progressing towards him, that's when he can instill in us what we need to be restored. So to be restored, we need to submit to God. God. And then during this process of restoration, we can overcome. So that tree of life, we'll have access to it again. We'll be restored to that paradise with God. Right now, we're far from a paradise with him because sin has been wreaking havoc on humanity. But now is our moment. It's in, our, it's in this moment of time that we can determine our eternal destination and to start making those steps towards that. So remember in the beginning, too, God gave dominion to Adam and Eve, he said, subdue the whole earth, fill it, multiply it. You might notice Satan has the opposite motive. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy. He wants to decrease the population on earth. He wants to remove people from this planet before they can be overcome, before they can be restored, before God can fix them. He's trying to sneak all that in. But we, we have dominion. If we walk in God's favor, if we're doing things His way, He's going to back us up. He's, when, we, when we speak and we say, God, I have followed your word. I've been walking in the right path, and Satan's been attacking me, but I've been submitted to authority. I have been walking according to your word. He's going to step in. And when you say, Satan, you're done. You're not doing this anymore. I'm walking in God's way, and I'm rejecting you. And all those thoughts that you were trying to trick me with, They're wrong, and I'm leaning on God's word, and that's true. God's going to step in and give strength, and he's going to give confidence to us as we walk towards him. So that dominion, God is restoring to the church, and we can walk in it because he's going to empower his church. We can read about that in Revelation 2.26. So remember in Genesis, it says, I've given you dominion to subdue the earth. Well, Revelation 26, it talks about he who overcomes again, and he who overcomes and keeps my works until the end, to him will I give power over the nations. That sounds like dominion. I will give power over the nations to him who overcomes. So let's overcome in Jesus. Let's trust in him to restore us and to give us power to walk above the things that sin has drug us down to. So I am excited to see the finished product that you and I will become. I'm excited to see the church, a restored church, a church triumphant, walking according to the design and the plan God had. So remember, he is the restorations, the restorationist. If you're sick, he's the healer. If you're lacking, he is the provider. If you're experiencing internal conflict, he's the peacemaker. If you're unsure, he is the giver of wisdom. If you're weak, he is the strength. If you can't see where you're going, he is the light. If you are unfulfilled, he is the purpose giver. He is the one who gives fulfillment. If you are damaged by sin, he is the restorer. God is in the restoration process, and we can be part of it. We can be part of it. Have you ever had anything that broke down, and you had to get a tool to fix your tool. So, if you're in the process of restoring something, let's say your house was dirty. So this happened to me. I'm vacuuming and my vacuum breaks. So I had to go get my tools to fix my vacuum so I could keep cleaning it. And so So sometimes we need tools to fix tools. You got to pull out the toolbox to get the vacuum clean so you can get the house clean. And sometimes you've got to fix the tool that you needed to fix the vacuum to get your house clean. So this happens in the kingdom of God, too. God wants to use you and me to help someone else. But to be effective, God needs to refine and to restore us as we help in that process. So how, just watch how effective you are in his hands after he has sharpened you a bit. After he's took you down into his tool room, he's gotten you all set up. He's had to take a couple layers off, had to reveal a couple things, and then polishes it off and says, okay, I'm setting you back to work, and these are some things I want you to accomplish, and you're going to restore someone as I have restored you. He wants to do things through us. So let the toolmaker fix you so you can fix others through his power. (laughs) Psalm 19, 7 through 10 has some good insight how, how God can use us and to, to fix others. The law of the Lord is perfect. His law is perfect, and it converts the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever, The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. So what is this scripture saying? God revives. He makes us wise. He brings rejoicing. He opens our eyes. That sounds like restoration to me. And how does he do it? It's through his law. It's through his testimony, it's through his statutes, it's through his commandments, through his judgments, and the fear of the Lord. We can experience all of that restoration when we look to what God has written, when we follow his rule book, when he follow, follows his guidance. You know, all the law was given to reveal sin so that we can see what, what is off. And in those laws, not only does it reveal sin, but it also shows how God can restore it shows, okay, don't do these things. It has ruined you. Do these things. They will restore you. So his word, we need to dig into it. It'll wash us. It'll clean us. It'll guide us. It'll put us on that right spot. It's like the medicine you take when you need to come back to wellness. It's, the word of God is what we need to take to be restored. So what's the bottom line? We are restored through his word. Submit to his ways and watch your life Bring God glory. The Bible is contrary to a lot of the ways of the world. So you may have tried to find restoration in all of the the self-help books, all of the processes, um, the things that you get notifications for that are mainstream. I mean, they might have a little bit of value. But a lot of it is, it's the, the advice that the world has to offer often leaves you shy of full restoration. What you need to turn to is God's word, which is different. God's words are higher than our words. And the world is believed, what the world says is believed by many, but it's, it's backwards a lot of the time. In fact, we have to walk contrary to the ways of this world to gain everlasting life. So the word of God, it has everything we need to be restored. John 12, 24 through 25 says most assuredly i say to you unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies it remains alone but if it dies it produces much grain he who loves his life will lose it and he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life that's what happens to that's what has to happen in this restoration process we are the seed And we're in the ground, and we have to die to the things of this world. Because if we don't, we're just going to be there alone. We'll just remain in the ground with nothing to show for it. But when we allow our flesh to die, when we allow our life in this world to die, it opens up the eternal life God intended for us. It allows us to go from that that fallen, broken world that we saw in Genesis, to be an overcomer so that we can have that eternal life with God that we've been talking about. So that brokenness, that surrender, and letting God change the heart opens the door for restoration. Restoration is only achieved when we trust the restorationist. You know, that process of restoration is not easy, but it's worth it. Sometimes there's wounds that are infected that you have to dig out a little bit. You have to remove the infection before true healing can happen. So that's why sometimes this process, it requires almost a step back before a step forward. It's a pain, but if you make that decision, okay, God, I'm ready for this restored life. I'm ready to be an overcomer. Do what you got to do, and I will walk through it, and I know you'll be there with me, and he will see you through it if you trust him. John 15:2 talks about those who have been walking with the Lord and sometimes even if you've been doing the right decisions it, there might be some challenges that God wants you to go through to strengthen you. So John 15:2 says, "Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit." We were just celebrating my great-grandpa's 89th birthday yesterday, and he cut a big head of cabbage and gave it to us, and we'll probably make um, some sauerkraut with it. And he said, you know, after I cut that off, it's going to grow four more heads of cabbage there. So it's pretty awesome how pruning brings forth more fruit. Sometimes it might hurt to be cut down. Sometimes it might hurt, and it's like I lost everything but God will bring you back so that he can bring more. Trust him through it. Sometimes it might not look the way we expected, but he's got a plan in it. Trust him through it. I have a uh, personal story I want um, to share to kind of wrap this up a little bit. And it's how God has used Tanya and me for as tools in his kingdom. So a friend of mine... This goes back a little bit. It was sharing some car trouble that he had. And he was saying all the things that they were dealing with. And this was breaking down. This was breaking down. And while he was telling me this, it was almost like the voice, his voice volume went down. And then a voice in my head went up in volume. And while he's talking, I couldn't really hear him anymore. But I hear in my mind, God whispering to me, or maybe he was he was loud enough for me to hear it. <laughs> Sometimes, if our ears aren't in tune, he can, he can speak loud enough for us to hear. And he said, buy him a car. He's talking to me about his car trouble, and it was, buy him a car. And so he's talking to me, and I'm thinking, okay. I'm still kind of listening and pretending to listen, but it sounds like I have something to do with this. <laughs> and... You know, after that conversation, I was thinking about it, and my initial thought was, okay, God, Tanya has to be on board with this. We're in this together. If we're going to be buying someone a car, we got to be connected. And a few days later, I hadn't said anything to Tanya, but she was reading, and she was feeling like, okay, God, who are we supposed to give to? Because it's supposed to be somebody And at that point, she had shared with me more than I had shared with her. And it was like, okay, this is what God told me. He said, buy him a car. And, you know, she was working through that word too and she found a scripture that God answered her prayer and it was, you know, give to those in need, basically in scripture. So God confirmed his word to me and we were connected, which means we had to obey. And in my mind, it was like, I heard you clearly, God, but it doesn't make sense. In my financial plan, I had the paying off of my own vehicle at this date in mind. So that's what I had been wrapping up for. This doesn't match my plan, but I know what you said, and we're going we're gonna to do this. So we did. We, we bought a vehicle. We went through the process, went to the dealership with, with these people, and, and God used us to bless them and in that process, you know, they were people of prayer, and they were, went to the Lord and said, God, why did you do this? Why did you answer our prayer and use these people to give? And his, God's answer to them was really amazing. He said, I know what I'm doing with you, and I know what I'm doing with them. And they're like, why did you do this? God said, I know what I'm doing with you, and I know what I'm doing with them. So sometimes God blesses, sometimes he takes, sometimes he asks of us of things, but he knows what he's doing with you. And he knows what he's doing with the people that you're ministering to or touching or investing in. In one way it says, trust, he's saying, trust me, I got it. I know, I know what's going on. You might not see everything yet, but trust me, I'm restoring them and I'm restoring you. I'm refining them, I'm refining you. So he is trustworthy. Since that time, um, it's just amazing how God has watched out for us as well because we've gone through some things and we had, we're down to one vehicle at a certain time. We're like, we're just going to make one vehicle work. And there was another person in the church who was sensitive to the Lord and felt inspired to just bless us with the vehicle, the second vehicle that we have right now. So that, God just gave that to us. And I prayed the same prayer. God, you really blessed us and loved us. Why did you do that? I just want to know. And he said, because you needed it. So he knows exactly where you're at. He knows what your needs are. Even when you think, okay, we're going to make this work. He says, okay, I'm going to take care of this for you. He's, he's a trustworthy God. He can restore you. Sometimes you might feel broken and not worth that restoration. But he says, hang in there. I'm going to bring you to that place where I can really use you for my kingdom. And when you're in that state, it's going to be for eternity. And when you overcome, here's the tree of life that I have for you. So that's our word for today. God can restore. Trust the restorationist. Trust his process. He sees everything. He can walk you through it. He can bring you to that place. And, and that place might look like, okay, I want to hang out here. And God's like, enjoy it, and I've got something coming. So he's bringing us to a new level. Can we all stand and, and bring these thoughts to the Lord? Let's remember the scriptures that we covered. And let's thank the Lord for being the restorer. Let's thank God for the times when he saw where we're at and where he saw where others are. Lord, we come before you, and we thank you for being the promise keeper, the one who we can trust. Oh God, you have set us up to be overcomers. Can we come right now and just come before the Lord and let him do a restoring work even today? God, we, we give you access to our lives. We submit to you so that you can bring us to that place of restoration. Lord, we open up to you and we thank you for where you've brought us from and where you intend to bring us to. I thank you, God, for your word. I thank you, God, for all the things that that we can pray and you will hear and you will come and you will restore. I thank you, God, for people in our lives that have given us good advice from your word. I pray that we would hold on to those things and that we would reject God our own thoughts that are contrary to your word i pray that we would trust you and to walk in your ways i thank you god for the the tree of life that you have reserved for us as you guide us to that place of overcoming i thank you lord for bringing us to the level you have for us i pray that we would be connected with you that we would walk in your ways jesus that we would allow your word to work on us thank you for the pruning. And thank you, God, that when we see things cutting back that we can expect more in the future, the increase that has been spoken over this church, let it happen in Jesus' name. The things that have looked like have shrunk back, Lord, we are looking forward to seeing an advancement in your kingdom. We thank you for the people that you've put in our lives. We thank you for the Bible studies that will come as we Look to you, as we are sensitive to what what you want us to do and prepare for, and as you guide us to those who are hungry. We thank you, God, for the for the season we're in and the season that you're leading us towards. Oh God, it's a season where we can trust you to bring us to that restoration place. We thank you for bringing us to that that place of eternal overcoming. We thank you, God, for your grace. We pray that you would move in this place. I pray that you would touch us as we walk in your will and walk in your will. Be the restorationist in our lives. Oh